Log Talk Radio. Corruption. Greed. Xenophobia. White supremacy. A nation in the grips of a pandemic. Healthcare resources strained to their limits. An economy on the brink of collapse. And at the helm, a clueless con artist who cares more about his own re-election over saving lives. Join Liberal Band Radio, Talk from the Left That's Right. Live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan and 24-7 at liberaldan.com. We must unite to save this country in spite of this buffoon's ineptitude before it's too late. from New Orleans, Louisiana, to join the conversation, call 914-803-4131. That is 914-803-4131. And if you are on the Blog Talk Radio page, you can listen online or you can join the chat at blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. And you can find the episode page and join us that way. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can join us at uh, leave your comments at least at liberaldan.com, facebook.com slash liberaldan, or at liberaldanradio on Twitter. So lots of things to discuss on the show today. Um, we've got lots of endorsements going on in the uh, election uh, now that Bernie Sanders has dropped out, leaving Joe Biden to be the presumptive Democratic nominee. <coughs> we have Trump. Trump going absolutely crazy in these in these afternoon press conferences that he's been holding. Uh, we've got his idea of what, what power he has. Um, and, you know, there's the other thing that he's talking about. Today. I want to talk about this first. Okay, before we talk about anything else about the coronavirus, talk about, before we talk about anything else about uh, his total power, the endorsements or everything, I'm pretty sure Sometime last week, either on my minicast or in the past week, either on my minicast or on the podcast itself, I'm pretty sure I brought this topic up. And it was the topic of, you know, it was in discussing the importance of the election and the importance of voting for Joe Biden, simply because of the fact that we don't want Donald Trump replacing Bruce Bader Ginsburg. And I brought up the fact that uh, Mitch McConnell and the GOP Senate uh, GOP in the Senate blocked or stole Barack Obama's Supreme Court nomination, and that uh, Barack Obama could, did not have the opportunity to name a Supreme Court appointee in the in the uh, in a recess and make a recess appointment to the Supreme Court because the Senate has usurped that authority away from the president by never going into recess. Even though they don't have a quorum, they will have these so-called pro forma sessions, which 
which allow them to say that they're in session, even though they don't have a quorum to do anything and to run any business. It's one dude standing and banging a gavel every day, or at least every three days, I want to say it is, just to make sure that they can't be said to be in, uh, to be in, they can't be said to be in session. Um, or they can't be said to be in recess to then allow a president to make a recess appointment. Presidential recess appointments are a thing. They're a constitutional power that they have. Now, do, are they really needed these days? I mean, we, I'm sure that when the founding fathers created the Constitution and enabled the president to be able to name people to important positions while they're in recess, while Congress is in recess, it's simply because of the fact that took a while to get to the Senate. So, you know, if you're sitting there in Georgia, you're sitting there in Maine, you know, you're, you're going to take a little bit. You can't just get called on the hotline and say, oh, look, we need y'all to come back right now because we have, we have important matters to attend to because there's a vacancy. So vacancy happens. The president can say, hey, I'm going to name this guy to the and it would obviously be a guy back then. We're going to name this person to fill this vacancy until the Senate can come back around and vote on it and, and, and confirm the person who I named or somebody else if they don't want to confirm the person who I named. Um, and so that's the reason it was there. Um, and so you have this, uh, the power exists, and but it has to be happen. It has to happen during a recess. But so so the, the you can come back in a in a in a day. Everybody can come back on a day if they need to. So the necess- the necessity of a recess appointment may be less, but the but the authority is still there to do so. But they still don't want to. They didn't want to let even have even that. They, they don't want to allow anything. They, they don't want to, to allow themselves to be sent to their recess. And, I, and frankly, I believe the Supreme Court. And then look, the Supreme Court ruling was a surprising ruling in that, in what they said President Obama did. And this is the, here's the thing. Here's the main thing. Donald Trump's sitting there, and he's talking about he's talking about the pro forma sessions of the Senate. And I, he has the power to say to vacancies, people in the vacancies, because it takes them so long to confirm a nominee. So I should be able to name people to these, to these vacancies, but the Senate is stopping me. Now, here's the thing. A Republican Senate, the Republicans control the Senate, and yet he's still being stopped from naming people, people, as he would say. So there's, there's an, I'm wondering what that issue is. And I'm also wondering who it is that Donald Trump is being prevented from naming. I mean, is it like, you know, Vince McMahon from the WWE? Is that who he wants to appoint to something? And, and even, the, even the Republicans on the, on the Senate are like, no, no, we don't need Vince. We don't need the guy whose head you shaved on Raw to, to be on anything having to do with government. We already have his wife who was involved in, in your cabinet for a while or doing some special committee or something before she went on to run some pro-Trump pack. But to, just to hear 
maybe he listened. Maybe somebody listened to the show. Maybe somebody was like, "Oh, this this person's making a good point. We need to be able to uh, uh, have these recess appointments." The liberal band's correct, but hey, look. Um, you have the situation that took place back then was that you know there was a a more liberal overall ruling over the powers of the recess appointments that was five to four. But specifically when Obama, because here's what happened back then. It was, there was national labor relations boards were happening. Uh, Obama named people uh, to the national labor relations board uh, because uh, there was, he believed that the Senate was in recess because they weren't having sessions and it was, their sessions were being held, you know, I guess far apart. And so what happened was uh, the Senate said, no, we were not in recess. We were, we were holding pro forma sessions every other day or every third day or whatever to make sure that we were not considered to be in recess. So because of that, and I think at the time, it was the Republicans who were in the minority. And, that's, and they were still able to get away with it because as long as you had one senator there, you could have a session, I suppose. Um, and the authority of to determine whether or not the Senate is in session under the Constitution belongs to the Senate. So that's ultimately where the where the Supreme Court came down. It was a nine nothing ruling in favor of uh, saying that the appointments to uh, this to these, the National Labor Relations Board was unconstitutional. It was nine nothing. So it wasn't like a split verdict or anything. They all agreed. I, mean, I still don't agree with it because I think the I think the Senate is violating. I think they're usurping positive. Look, if you if you want to be in session, be in session. If you want to be there, be there. Fine, I don't care. But you should be able to. You should at least have a quorum to be able to say that you're in session. And that that's something that potentially should be in the Constitution because you know I think there are requirements of a quorum, but there's there's not I guess in determining whether or not you're in session or not. So so here's the thing: is like I actually agree in principle, with what Donald Trump was saying today, that the Senate, in doing this, uh, is able to magically prevent presidents from, from naming people, from using their recess appointment power by doing this bullcrap of pro forma sessions. Now, but the thing is, is that we already know as a nation, like, I don't know who did, maybe somebody didn't tell him they already ruled against Barack Obama when he tried to do it. But Trump today went even further in saying that he, he believes that he has the authority to force them to adjourn. What? He, again, the man is insane. He is, he's insane. And, and we'll be getting into some of the levels of insanity uh, during the next segment and taking your calls as well. So if you want to call in, it's uh, 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. Or you can ask questions in the chat as well, Liberal Dan, or blogtalkradio.com slash Liberal Dan. Until uh, after the break, this is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right.
Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kind of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budget Ears is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mmm, yeah. Are you someone who is looking to get into the ride-sharing business, be it for a side hustle or a full-time gig? Are you currently a ride-share driver wondering how to increase your earnings? Are you simply a new rider looking for first-time rider credits? Head on over to RideshareDan.com for those first-time rider credits, sign-up bonuses for new drivers, and my tips and tricks to help you make more money in the gig economy. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not-so-fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tunes. Welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming to you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. Now, for the show, it's talking about Donald Trump and his ridiculousness. So even though I actually a little bit agree with them on the whole pro forma thing. Again, it's I've made the arguments about pro forma sessions and how it's a usurpation of presidential uh, recess appointment power um, long time ago. So welcome aboard the Dan train on that issue. But he still came up with the, I have the authority as president to, to, or, I'm sorry, I'm not doing a proper Donald Trump voice. I'm trying to work on it. I think I need to be a little lower. And what what needs to be said is that 
I have the power to adjourn the Senate. Really? He has the power to adjourn the Senate? No. You're not the emperor. You're not the emperor. It's not Star Wars. We didn't vote for a king. I didn't vote for you. I, I didn't vote for you. I didn't vote for him anyway, but he wants to be king. He wants to be emperor. So you have that ridiculousness, but then there's also the ridiculousness about the fact that he wants to, you know, he announced that he was going to defund the WHO. And, and like he keeps going, the WHO. It's like maybe he thinks it's like the WWF because, again, he's so hooked with the McMahons and, you know, he, he did shave his Vince McMahon's head on Monday Night Raw before Vince McMahon fired, fired him. So there's that. Uh, I still can't believe we elect the president who shaved Vince McMahon's head on national live television. It's ridiculous. But you're in the middle of a pandemic and you want to defund the WHO because you disagree with their disagreement on one of your things, even though your one thing likely didn't stop anything because there were still people coming from China. There were still people coming from other countries who were coming, who had visited China. <laughs> the virus likely was here before we all thought it was because, you know, I think I had it. And other people give, have explained their symptoms and other people probably had it too. It was just being described as an upper respiratory infection or a virus that wasn't the flu, which is my case. <clears throat> my doctor said that I had a virus that wasn't the flu. So you have, you know, but his irresponsibility when it comes to not taking responsibility for his actions are causing the idiots to come out in mass. I mean, you've got right now the hashtag open America now. Um, there was Operation Gridlock today where, where people were were out blocking traffic or something. Like, I don't know everything about it because, you know, it's ridiculous things. Um, but here's a letter um, that was written by somebody, and it actually showed a picture of the post on what was going on with Operation Gridlock. <clears throat> I know I'm going to receive a lot of flack for posting this. Somebody called me a like they are guys coming to work every day, caring for COVID patients that have essentially cut down services that, believe it or not, also losing money every day trying to figure out what it's going to look like after we get through this. The hospital is paying 15 times the usual cost for PPE to protect the staff. I keep it staff safe while doing everything I can to care for you, loved ones. See this traffic blocking the main intersection of the level of the center, blocking the entrance and exit to our school, blocking patients receiving care that makes me angry. It hurts or hurts a lot. It's not the this is your fault. If you could sell your pride and stay home for asking the beginning, there wouldn't need to have been proper guidelines. <laughs> I don't really know if I do that last point. I think we still needed the tough guidelines. We needed the tough guidelines from the beginning. Um, but this whole operation, the, the idea from Operation Gridlock went ahead and, you know, all protesting outside of the Capitol, uh, protesting, you know, saying recall Whitmer, USA, lock her up. People, you know, flippantly violent you know, stay at home or just to come and protest and not stay with six feet of each other, most of them not wearing most of them, many of them wearing either wearing my hats or wearing Trump flags. You know, 
people are going to transfer the sickness from one person to the other person. These people are going to make it, you know, increase the likelihood that others are going to die. You have people who are saying, you know, we need to get back to work. We need to stop being afraid. I was arguing with conservatives on a Facebook page today that, you know, that, that didn't want to, uh, you know, think it's a matter of fear that I'm somehow afraid because I am uh, actually the guy, it was on a guy, the guy who named me liberal, uh, it was on one of his threads. He basically was, was arguing that we were just operating out of fear and that we shouldn't be, uh, several people were just, uh, just laugh reacting at, and I don't care if you laugh at me, whatever, but it just shows that they just don't, they don't understand both sides. They want to make the argument of, oh, well, more people died from the flu. Okay, more people died from the flu. But we, we, we take measures, deal with flu deaths, and the flu deaths are, are less per, per capita because the, the mortality rate. And that's one thing that these, yeah, you know, Donald Trump, he said, I love the poorly educated. The poorly educated. I love the poorly educated. And he loves them. Why? He also loves the willfully ignorant. He loves the people who can be misled. He loves the people who can be told, you know, what they want to hear. And then they think they're being, oh, I'm, I'm an independent-minded person. I'm not going to, I don't have to listen to no government to tell me what to do. I'm going to listen to Donald Trump and have him tell me what to do. Irony. And... They just they just don't want to listen to it. they don't they want to listen they want to learn new things they don't want to hear that you have there's a difference between overall deaths and deaths per like thousands per million or whatever it is the rate of which people die who get this disease is currently much higher than the rate people die from the flu just like with Donald Trump he starts talking about we've had the most tests ever. More people have had tests by, from the United States, we've conducted more testing than any other country, but more countries have done more testing per capita. And there's a difference between per capita and not, because if our testing per capita is lower, then we're not getting as good of a snapshot as other countries are getting when it comes to their infection rates and their death rates, mortality rates, and the rates of people who are going to the hospital because of this versus the other. Who knows? Maybe if you do a reasonable amount of testing, the, the, amount, the death rate might drop a little bit. And that's a good thing because you have more information. And it's also, you know, but another reason we haven't had as many people die from this because of the flu. Well, guess what? That's because we've been doing social distancing for, what, four weeks, five weeks now? We've been at home. We've been staying home. Our kids have not been in school. We've been... You know, I've been working from home instead of going into an office. Other people are doing the same thing. Yes, there are people who are out there who do have to work because there are some vital things that need to be done, like, for example, um, working at grocery stores and working in other places where necessities exist. And yes, that is something that we need to you know, consider maybe paying them more, especially during this time where their work is clearly more hazardous. You know, if I had to go to an office, I, I would probably be fine. Um, you know, because I have, I, I, I would be sitting alone in my office. I wouldn't be near anybody. I, I like the fact that I can sit here and, and work in my comfy pants and a t-shirt and 
be unshaven and whatever and look like a crumb bum. You know, it's fine. It's good. You know, I'm not making as much money as I was before because uh, the agreement, my agreement to work uh, at my with my employer, or not even my employer, because I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a independent contractor with them. Um, it, it was at a specific rate, and then I would be doing a specific amount of hours every week. Although I could I could work more if I want. To. I could work less if I want to. Um, there's nothing preventing me from doing so. But the thing is, is that, you know, I, I make a little bit of less money uh, because of it. And that's fine because I'm still probably doing much better than a lot of other people out there. And I'm fine. I'm fine because of it. And there's other aid coming. I finally got my, you know, I did finally get my check or the direct deposit for my stimulus money. Um, I have applied for the other things that I can apply for because I'm an independent contractor. We will see what what I get and what I don't get. Um, so, but, but we've been staying home and people have been, more people are in their houses, spending time with their kids, being driven crazy by, you know, their kids fighting and everything like that. And that's whatever it is what it is, but you have more people listening to this this advice and because of it that's why you're not seeing as many deaths because we're not seeing as many sicknesses and people don't understand things like becoming a vector of transmission like you don't want to be an additional vector of transmission for this virus because not only is it going to affect you it's going to affect other people but these these buffoons want to continue and want to pretend like it's a, I had one person telling me that we don't know we don't know how this whole thing works. We don't know how coronavirus is transmitted. We, he's saying we don't know how we don't know anything about it. And his argument is that since we don't know anything about it, we shouldn't react to it as if it was a big deal. How, I mean, how dumb is that? <laughs> I don't know anything about how bullets work, so I'm going to let people fire them around me from guns until I realize what what the hell's going on. It's the complete opposite of, of Donald Trump's logic when it came to the Muslim ban. When Donald Trump initially proposed his Muslim ban, um, Muslim ban, not Muslim band. <laughs> He's like the Beatles, but they're all from Saudi Arabia. Um, no, when he first proposed his Muslim ban, he said that we needed to fi- stop everything, stop them from coming in until we figured out. What the hell was going on? But he doesn't use that logic here. He doesn't use that, that, that we need to keep everybody at home. But that's because, you know, and I'm, frankly, I'm surprised that they're not following what their president is telling them to do in, in staying home. I mean, he, President Trump has been drugged there, kicking and screaming, I think. I, I think that that he he has told people to stay home, but I think it's begrudgingly. Um I think he doesn't want to look like an even bigger idiot. He, he's, he's trying to take credit for everything uh, without being responsible for any of the harm that's caused. That's all everyone else. He, he says he has total power, but with total power comes total responsibility, as you would know if you uh, listened to or watched Spider-Man. <laughs> and we'll get into more of that and, and, and Trump's total power, if you will. Uh, when we come back from the break, again, if you want to call in the show, it's 914-803-4131. 
That's 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk to the left and right. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kind of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues, with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show, mmm, yeah. Are you someone who is looking to get into the ride-sharing business, be it for a side hustle or a full-time gig? Are you currently a ride-share driver wondering how to increase your earnings? Are you simply a new rider looking for first-time rider credits? Head on over to RideshareDan.com for those first-time rider credits, sign-up bonuses for new drivers, and my tips and tricks to help you make more money in the gig economy. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life, talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not-so-fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear, and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tunes. from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. I haven't had our regular uh, chat room joiner in a couple weeks. I'm hoping uh, that individual is okay. Um, Hoping they didn't catch the Rona. Um, And uh, shout out to anybody else who uh, might be listening to that call 
called in. Uh, again, you're welcome to do so. Call in, join the chat room at any time. Uh, if you support Liberal Band Radio and support the podcast, you can go ahead and uh, um, you can check out the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash liberaldan. There's also a link to it on liberaldan.com. You can support the show from as little as $3 to get shout-outs on the minicast to you can even sponsor segments. You can sponsor whole shows. You can, um, you know, you can have commercials. You can pay for commercials all through Patreon. All you got to do is uh, we need to make sure that the content for the commercials is okay. I'm not necessarily going to deny uh, somebody the ability to advertise something that I disagree with, but we'll see. We'll talk it out. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see what it do. We can, have, we can talk about it beforehand before you before you jump onto the page trying to make sure that what you're going to uh, that what you're going to want to advertise on the show is okay. And, and also we're going to mention the mini cast. If you check out Anchor Podcast and look for Liberal Dan Radio, I do have a, a mini cast on there. It's uh, the show is typically shorter uh, than the than one of these, and there's I haven't had any live guests yet, uh, but I will probably. There's some functionality that allows it to happen. So we will probably try that out, probably with uh, my little brother, Nimbus Yo, who hosts the most from the Percy podcast. Uh, hopefully we will get him, uh, you know, back on here as well soon, but also hopefully we'll get him uh, get him on the minicast and we'll have some good, fun conversations as well. So, <clears throat> frankly, you know, <laughs> I had a fart and I don't really quite remember exactly what it is I was going to be into at the top of the break. So, but there's plenty of stuff to talk about. So we're gonna we might maybe we'll switch gears a little bit and start talking about the uh, uh, the presidential election because after Bernie Sanders uh, he dropped out of the race. Uh, he suspended his campaign as he should have um, because honestly it was just for for going or prolonging the inevitable. Um, and, and there's no reason, you know, I, I, I'm not happy that Bernie Sanders is out of the race. And a lot of people, again, I have so many people I know that just want to say, well, why are you against Bernie so much? I'm not against Bernie. Bernie's a good man. Bernie is, a, is somebody who, you know, I've liked since well before. Uh, he had a very large uh, national uh, um What's the word? I always forget the word, and I ended up saying it the very end. And this time I didn't remember it. Uh, name recognition, national name recognition. Before he was his national name recognition, I think when he first started the election in 2016, I believe was four percent, and it was very impressive the fact that he was able to get from four percent name recognition to second place on the ticket, and 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 a closer second than a lot of other second places have been, might I add. So, I'm, you know. I've liked what he's had to say. I, I agree with him on many issues. I, I do think that we would be better off with Medicare for all. Is this nation ready to pass Medicare for all? Does it have the political will to do so? I don't believe so. I think people are understandably willing to. There's a lot more support for it as on a, you know, in, in polling. But again, there was some confusion as to whether or not that means that you know you could be for Medicare for all, but still not be for Bernie Sanders, the candidate, for whatever reason. Again, I would have happily supported Bernie Sanders if he would have won the nomination in 2016. I would have happily supported Bernie Sanders if he would have had won the nomination this time as well. Not that my vote would have mattered because I 
living in Louisiana. There's no way that Louisiana is going to vote for Biden. There's no way that Louisiana is going to vote for Bernie Sanders. It's not going to happen. It's not. So it is what it is. But I would have contributed to his campaign uh, had he entered the presidential, if he won the nomination and was the Democratic nominee for president, I would have um, been talking up his, his policies and platforms. I still talk up his policy platforms. And I've had on this program progressives like Rebecca Parsons, like Zenas Zizakis, other progressives who want Medicare for All, who want Green New Deal, who want all these bold progressive initiatives that I think People having people in the Congress pushing for those things is going to move Congress to the left, and it needs to be moved to the left. I, I, w- I would like to – Congress probably should be moved to the left of where I am at, where I am. I mean, I, I, and does that mean that I'm that – does that mean that I'm not that left? Who knows? A lot of people – at least I should say I should – I hope Congress moves to the left of where Bernie Sanders people think I am. That's, that's how I should word it. There's the, the people who are the supporters, those, the, the, the most of Bernie Sanders supporters are good people who are going to do what needs to be done, understands that the biggest threat facing this country is another four years of Donald Trump. There's just that small amount, the people that I argue with on Twitter, the people that refuse to get it out of their heads that you know, it, it was this grand conspiracy against Bernie, that, that Bernie made some unforced errors. My saying that doesn't mean that I don't like him. doesn't mean that I'm being critical of, of him and his campaign. I, I think they wanted good things. And I think it's very good that not only did Bernie Sanders come forward and do the right thing and endorse Joe Biden for president, um, to the chagrin of Sanders supporters who are now saying, well, it, it, was, not, it was never about him. It was about us. It's, it, you, know, you know, we can still fight. We don't. Even if he's abandoned us, it doesn't mean that we're uh, that we're not going to stop fighting for what we're fighting for. Okay, but you know, I think it's that Joe Biden was like, look, we're going to make a six focus groups or whatever policy platform groups or whatever they were calling it, and it's going to be on six very important issues like healthcare, like the environment, like the economy, and each of those groups are going to have three people from the Joe Biden campaign. And it's going to have three people from the from the Bernie Sanders campaign, and they're going to work out and hash out issues. And it's probably going to cause the Joe Biden campaign to move even more to the left. And since as Joe Biden has picked up endorsements, he has moved to the left. Even before he picked up Elizabeth Warren's endorsement, he adopted her platform on student loans. He said, "Look, I think I think you know we should be able to." You know, write student loans off on bankruptcy. You can't right now without like an act of Congress or not an act of Congress, but you need to become a more adversarial, I think, point of view. Um, and and there are there are lawyers who don't want to do it for you because they think it's not worth the hassle uh, to be able to ch- try and do it. But now they're pushing to allow for the bankruptcies to include uh, student loans. Well, I, I would hope, and I would think, I would hope at least that these student loans would. Uh, the people who have declared bankruptcy since 2005, between now and then, I would hope that they would go back and say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to allow you to retroactively uh, cancel out those loans as well. That would be nice for those people as well. Like, there's the people who, like, you know, letting the perfect be the enemy of the good. When it comes to, like, so, somebody shared, you know, what 
student loans, student, a comment on student loans that Biden had said. And some guy was like, nah, fam, we got we to gotta dump them all. And I was like, so you're all on nothing? And they're like, it would be a very stimulative effect if we would have every, if we would cancel every student loan. I'm like, yes, it would. Absolutely, it would. That being said, why are you all or nothing? Like, I'm not going to say, like, I have a lot of student debt. I'll be flat out honest with you. I have a ton of student debt. It's, it's, it's probably never going to be paid off unless I get to that, like, 20, 25 years of minimum payments where it then automatically gets paid off. But even, but if you have somebody in there like the votes who is refusing to uh, wipe those plates clean, uh, even though they did all, jumped all through all the hoops to jump to make them clean, even if that's still the case, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there like, you know, I'm not going to, and let's say somebody passes a law that says, okay, well, you know, new bankruptcy filings, you can write off your entire student loans, and we are willing to write off X amount of student loans, like $30,000, let's say, you know, whatever, whatever the number is, whatever they want to resting at, you know, that, cutting my debt by 30000 we'll cut it by 30000 it won't help me, there's just a lot more there. I'm still not going to pay it off, and I'll probably still have a big pork chunk debt once it gets written off at the end of that 20, 25 years payments. But here's the uh, here's the thing. I'm fine with that. I mean, I would hope that at some point we could then continue to move towards the towards the left and helping more people with student debt. But if you grudge a politician who is able to help a lot of people simply because he's not able to help all the people. I mean, does that, 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 I don't understand that concept. I don't understand that mindset that you have to <clears throat> be able to help every single person in order for it to be a senior, help everybody or help nobody. That's, that, that's taking your ball and going home. If other people can get helped, let them get helped. I can get help later. Now, whether that, that maybe that's a privilege statement, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, you know, I have the privilege to say that. I don't think I'm going to, you know, be in a bad situation if they don't have money. But still, this the plan helps all of the less privileged folks, people with maybe less student loans, less debt. Let them get helped. I'm fine with it. Hell, I'd rather them say, if you have, I'd rather them say, look, you have, you know, we'll pay up to $30,000 or whatever. We'll, we'll pay a certain amount of money towards everybody's debt. Um, but if, but if, it, but if that amount of money doesn't come to like 25% of your debt that's owed, then we're going to take that money and we're going to bunch it in with the other people to, to pay off more other people's debt. I'd rather that happen. Because I don't need, you know, as long as we're helping more people than we are helping now, it's a better, we'll be in a better, as simple as that. A period. and a story. Have something else I want to rant on. I'll probably rant about it on both this uh, this podcast and the uh, uh, and my mini cast as well. But again, come back, take calls after the break. 914-803-4131. 914-803-4131. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.
Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out BudgetEars.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But Budget Ears is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. In a world gone mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Alright, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues, with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family, because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, what a wonderful show. Mm, Are you someone who is looking to get into the ride-sharing business, be it for a side hustle or a full-time gig? Are you currently a ride-share driver wondering how to increase your earnings? Are you simply a new rider looking for first-time rider credits? Head on over to RideshareDan.com for those first-time rider credits, sign-up bonuses for new drivers, and my tips and tricks to help you make more money in the gig economy. Greetings. This is Nimbus Josh, host of the Percy Podcast. What is the Percy Podcast? <laughs> well, it's pretty much the smoothest talking host you'll ever hear in your life, talking about all kinds of things, political things, nerdy things, fun things, not-so-fun things. Go ahead, give a listen, and follow at the Percy Podcast for more updates and information. Why not sit back and take a listen to one of the best podcasts you'll ever hear and no one else will. (laughs) Catch you on the tunes. To Little Dan Radio, possible last that's right. Uh, coming to you live from New Orleans, Louisiana. Or I should say, I should have started the podcast and go with, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Uh, <laughs> so funny. Um, there's an interesting, uh, now there's a hashtag, a trending hashtag, hashtag recall Gavin Newsom, because apparently Gavin Newsom uh, wants uh, to fund, uh, give stimulus checks to uh, undocumented workers. Now, undocumented workers cover uh, about 70% of the farm workers are undocumented. California grows 40% of America's produce. Farms are throwing food away right now. Um, Maybe we should be less xenophobic. But we can't have our country paying money towards these illegals, is what they'll say. Well, you know what? They're people. And they're doing the job that we need them to do because Americans aren't going to do it, 
and they're doing the job that we did. It doesn't matter if there's a virus or not. As my son goes, the coronavirus. My son just cracking me up with that. Coronavirus. He's saying it with a little southern twang, and he's gonna be he's gonna be doing impressions like I did. He already has a Trump one. It's not good. I mean, mine's not good. There's only one that's good, and he's amazing. Um, but I'm working on it. I'm trying to make it to understand. How I think it needs to be a little lower and raspier, and I think that's what's needed for me to do a better Donald Trump impression, talking about the people. Anyway, working on it. Maybe I'll maybe maybe one day I'll be half as good as him, which means I'll be instantly better than everyone else. Uh, but anyway, it's ridiculous. These people want to recall everybody because they want the you know the undocumented workers to get money. You should get money. They're people. Somebody with the the red button meme. I hate red button. I hate immigrants because they don't pay taxes. Red button. Trump is a genius because he doesn't pay taxes. That's funny. Anyway, one thing I do want to rant about, and I, I did, I think I've discussed this before as well on the podcast, but it, it's time to bring it up because it's something that, again, my family has had to deal with, and it's something that I don't, I think leads to one of the problems with Healthcare in this country is something that drives up health insurance costs. It's something that drives up prescription costs. Um, it's prescription savings programs provided by the uh, the big pharma, by the pharmaceutical industry. So I make a drug. Let's call the drug fuck it all or whatever. I make this drug. And I want to, A, I'm probably making this drug with the help of the federal government, but yet I'm still being allowed to patent the damn thing, even though most, if not all of the money was given to me to to, to go do the research by the federal government. There's A, that's problem, B. So now I'm going to charge you a huge amount of money to get this prescription. It's the actual cost of this prescription is going to be enormous. So what does that mean? What is, what is that? So you're going to, like I used to have a low, a, a low premium, high deductible plan with an old employer. My, my, my plan currently is, is, is not as necessarily low a premium, and it's even higher deductible because it's the best I could find. Um, so and I made, I made a new group with, with using actually this, using the podcast. I'm able to, use the LLC to make a group and one insured of the group is me and the other insured of the group is my wife and kids. And we're saving about $600 a month doing this instead of getting an exchange plan, which is ridiculous too. That's not the point I'm making. So you have the situation where they, they make this drug and they make it so expensive. So if and a lot of people, you know, it, it, it have co-payments on their prescriptions and they pay a lot of money if I, I could have had co-payments on my prescription and i would have paid probably about six to seven hundred dollars more a month for my premiums to be able to have prescription co-pays at the end of the day i think i wound up paying more potentially with, with the amount of medicine that i was taking that my family was taking at the time at least 
I'll be, I would have wound up paying more money with that than with than with the with the more expensive pan, plan than with the cheaper plan with a higher with co-payments on prescription and just deductible and co-insurance. So what they do that is, is they charge you this big amount of money, but we don't have to pay it. That's the thing. The insurance they pay it. This 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 the the pharmacy company, the the pharmaceutical company pays the amount to the insurance. They pay it off. So now my wife's deductible is gone. And they'll continue to pay it up to a certain amount. And up until the point of like her max amount of pockets probably reached. She'll hit her max amount of pocket this year simply from her medicine. And guess what? Everybody else is paying for it. Because now my insurance is paying more money than it probably anticipated simply because of the fact that now my wife, everything else that my wife does is going to be covered at 100% because she will have hit her maximum pocket. Meanwhile, the insurance or that, that, so now the rest of the rest of the money that's now going to be paid to the to the to the people who manufacture the prescription it's not coming back so they're paying off the deductible so that she can so that so the insurance can now pay them more money back for the rest of the year so what I got to think in May so I think She'll take these in April. She'll take them in May. So starting in June, whenever she has to take the medicine in June, she'll now have no out-of-pocket expenses at all, and everything will then be paid back to this pharmaceutical company. So they're going to get their money back from the insurance at probably two, three times over. So they get to enrich themselves off of this money, off, off of this the insurance company, and, and I mean, it doesn't cost us anything, so we don't necessarily see it. But if it was just cheaper to begin with, we wouldn't have to jump through all these hoops. And if insurance was cheaper to begin with, we wouldn't have to worry about it to begin with. And if we had something like a national health plan that enabled us to buy in for a public option for a cheaper insurance with better coverage that would cover these things, or Medicare for all, where we wouldn't have to pay any sort of where we worry about maximum yearly amounts or total amount of out-of-pocket costs because we would we would be paying a reasonable cost for our health care and we'd be able to negotiate these costs with these drug companies to make sure that they don't cost four thousand for a monthly prescription. We'd stop these games and we'd be able to have everyone would be better off overall. But that, to me, that's the problem with these, with these pharmaceutical deductible things. And I get, don't hate the player, hate the game. It's available for use, and we're sure as hell going to use it because we don't want to have to pay $4,000 a month to cover this prescription. But to me, it's, it's still abuse by the prescription companies, by the, by the pharmaceutical companies. They're still abusing the system. They're still enriching themselves off the backs of insurance, which then that has to increase rates on customers. So customers say, I have to pay more money because insurance companies are paying more money because they've 
and I don't even understand. I, I can't be the only one who figured this out. The insurance industry has to know that these things exist, and yet they allow it to happen. So who knows? Who knows why? And that's what I haven't figured out. I haven't figured out why, when they, why they allow uh, third parties to pay off the costs and have it pay off the deductible. I haven't figured that one out. I haven't figured out why they allow that. I get, I get why they, why they would allow people to pay for it on my behalf. I just don't get why they don't consider it, you know, that it, that it's actually costing them more money in the long run to allow it to happen because it's getting everything else paid off more quickly. So again, I don't know why it is. I don't know why it's allowed, but it's just, it's just one of those things that it's, it's a manipulation of the system pharmaceutical companies and it's you know it's ridiculous that the prescription has to cost four thousand because I'm sure if I looked up the prescription and looked up how it was investigated, I'm sure there's some federal money there somewhere. I'm sure that there's some help being given to these companies by uh, by the federal government, by other other companies that are enabling them to to make these products and then claim patents. And then once the once the patents is once the patents run out, then it becomes ridiculously cheap, and you do it that way. So it doesn't make sense. But again, that's why we need healthcare reform in this country. In this country, you know, and I'm that's why we need to, you know, get out there, vote for those progressives who are running for Congress, and maybe to unseat some of those entrenched Democrats like AOC did. You know, get Rebecca Parsons elected, get Zena Stasakis elected, get other progressives like that elected, move the House to the left, elect a blue Senate so we can get these issues passed. And don't worry about the filibuster because the filibuster is dead as it is. It's on his last, it's on a ventilator. And it's, and it's unlike some of these corona patients that are surviving the ventilators, the filibuster is not going to last on, on the ventilator. It's not going to, it's not going to be able to have, there's a, there's a DNR on it and it's gone and dead. Anyway, that is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Band Radio. It's Talk to the Left. That's right. Again, you can uh, if you support the show, you like what you hear, you want to see me more, do more fun stuff, more videos, more parodies, go to patreon.com slash liberal band. Support me there. Again, big shout out to my little brother, Nimbus here, the host of the most person podcast. Good luck to you. Glad to see that you're doing much better, that you're out of the hospital, that you're feeling good. Um, again, if you want to after the show, you can uh, liberalband.com for more content. Uh, Facebook.com slash Liberal Band and at Liberal Band Radio on Twitter. And again, the Anchor Podcast, the Well, the Minicast, uh, and Liberal Band over there as well. Well, next week, Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Band Radio. Talk to the left. 